It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joined as we are every Monday by Lindsey Crosby. How are you, my friend? Buddy, I am doing well. Uh, I am very excited for uh, to, to recap what a great victory on Saturday. Yeah, a 60-10 to 10 win over the Akron Zips. The, uh, the Brian Harson era starting off with some flair, some excitement, really cool video circling with him kind of walking up to the student section afterwards and really kind of applauding them. That was a cool moment, but we'll get into all that. But a lot of folks came in town, and I had a few people message me on Twitter. Hey, we're in town. We want uh, food brought to us. What's the promo code for Fetch Me? And it is Local Meal, L-O-C-A-L-M-E-A-L, Local Meal. And, uh, yeah, they got the experience firsthand what local delivery service looks like. Not, you know, some national brand, some national chain, some national service. Local people, Auburn people, all half of these folks that work there are Auburn students, and the, the folks that run it are Auburn alums. So we want to support those people. Fetch Me, best service out there in regards to delivery. So you can go to fetchmedelivery.com to check it out or download their free app, fetchmedelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. And use promo code LOCALMEAL if your order is over 30 bucks. So a lot of people came in to see that. But yeah, a lot of people came in to see Auburn just do whatever they wanted to on both sides of the football. I mean, Bo Nix was, uh, was captivating early. The defense was suffocating. I mean, Akron could do nothing when that starting defense was in. Very little things to kind of point at and say, okay, they could have done this better. They could have done that better. I mean, uh, an incredible performance for a season opener. Yeah, you know, 60 points is kind of the performance that you expect to see when you have a paycheck game. And honestly, I haven't sat and just watched a paycheck game without being nervous ever since that 2015 Jacksonville State overtime game. And I have to tell you, this was what it's supposed to feel like when you pay somebody to come to your house and play is mm-hmm. from the first snap. I was like, all right, Auburn's going to be fine. We've got this. I don't need to stress about that at all. Right. And that's just a good new feeling. I haven't had that in years. So no, it did feel good. And you know, Auburn would still win those, you know, paycheck games by 40 points or something, but they wouldn't look good doing it. You know, it'd be like 17 to three at the half. And then they, you know, pour it on it later in the game. But this was just pure domination from start to finish and really a lot of things to like about it. So the, the biggest thing, and I mean, this is just a big picture observation, Lindsay, but we were asking like, okay, are people going to come out? Is it just going to look like a different football team? Whether it's scheme, whether it's motivation, whatever. And I think we can all agree that it looked very, very different. The offense looked different. It looked thought out. Personnel packages look different. They ran different schemes and formations and plays with the same personnel on the field. A ton of different things where it's like, oh my goodness. Like Bo Nix is doing things where like, okay, he's doing things that we thought he would be doing, uh, you know, the start of his junior year when he was this hotshot five-star that came on campus and committed. And I think a lot of people should be really, really excited about what they saw 
largely because you saw guys be better on Saturday than they were a year ago. Bo Nix is getting a lot of credit, as he should, but I did my Auburn GIF thread. Uh, it's always fun to do the first one of the year again for folks uh, that, that missed that. You can check it out at Z Blackerby on Twitter, or I did a story version of it at AuburnWire.com. But uh, there's a lot of talk, Lindsay, about Bo Nix's improvement, how impressive Tank Bigsby is, how Sean Shiver is virtually outran everyone every time he got the football. But little things, right? Like I, I, I highlighted Brodarius Ham on there was a, a tough, you know, 15, 16 yard run, something like that by Tank Bigsby. And Brodarius hand just not getting off of his block, just blocking until the whistle blew, which allowed Tank to kind of spring forward for an extra five or six yards. You saw uh, Brandon Council was a big part of Tank's first touchdown run. You know, that move from right guard to left guard already paying off. Ton mm-hmm. of really, really good things. A lot of little things, especially on the offensive side of the ball, where you're like, okay, that's different. That's a mindset shift, not only scheme, but a mindset shift. We talked about culture and discipline all offseason. I think we saw enough examples of that Saturday night to say, okay, this football team is different. Something is different between the previous regime and what was on the field Saturday. Yeah, and and a lot of that I didn't necessarily expect to see as far as what how would it translate into game one. And I mean, you can just pick out little tiny things. John Samuel Schenker, his, you know, his, his blocking has always been what he's been known for, but the man ran some decent routes. I mean, we had, we threw multiple passes to to the tight end and I was a bit surprised. And it's one of those things that, well, of course, I mean, he's a, you forget he's a senior. He's been doing this for years. We just didn't see him utilized to his full potential. So seeing guys out there, it felt like every receiver and every, you know, every eligible receiver knew on every play that they could possibly get the ball. Yeah. Which is just something different than we're used to seeing. My wife, who's not a big football person, um, she was in the room with me watching the game, and her comment was, she said, you know, it looks for the first time like it's Auburn playing offense and not like five guys just running routes. Like they're all out there doing something that's cohesive, that like, you know, it, it works with each other. And it was definitely a great thing to to get to see finally on the field because we've heard and heard about it. To see it in action was pretty cool. Yeah, and just, you know, uh, I, I think a great example is there was a play early. I think it was still in the first quarter. Bo Nix had all the time in the world, and you could tell he took a few steps to his right, and then he stopped, and he kept going through reads, and then he eventually went to the check down to Tank Bigsby, and it's still like a five- or six-yard gain. It may have been more than that, actually. But it's like, okay, it was a thought-out process of guys going down the field and Bo Nix knowing where he could go if all of his options downfield were covered or if he was, you know, getting rushed and then, uh, you know, he could dump it off. How about this? According to Pro Football Focus, Bo Nix was not pressured at all Saturday night. How about that? That's something I never thought I would hear said about an Auburn quarterback. (laughs) It's just, it's not something we've seen in forever, but his stats would have been good against air. I mean, in these seven-on-seven camps you see where there's no defense rushing you, uh, his stats would have been good for something like that. And this was a power five, you know, this was a power five football game. So you love to see it. You absolutely do love to see it. I'm very happy for Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's people who this is not good enough. We heard all offseason um, about, you know, Auburn needs to come out and look coherent in week one. And now that it happened, I'm sure there'll be people who will have criticisms and stuff like that. But I'm I'm just happy that, that that game unfolded the way it did. Yeah, in fact, there's two things I want to harp on 
about what people are saying that are, is kind of negative that I just you know disagree with. We'll touch on that in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Stat Hero. I love fantasy sports. Well, we have multiple leagues here with Locked On Auburn. Yeah, uh, Lindsay, you and I are in a, in a different league together. This it's a league of mine that's been together since uh, since I was in high school. But daily fantasy is something that I used to be super into. In fact, I played it a lot when I was in college when I had a little bit more time to research, you know, daily matchups and things like that. Well, with Stat Hero, they have really taken daily fantasy sports and uh, they've taken it a step forward. So the way that it works is um, it, it's a it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that it puts the player in control. And so Stat Hero, it shows you their lineup. It's kind of like you against the house. It shows yeah. you their lineup and uh, dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house, head to head. And so I think this is a really cool thing. So you can go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. So obviously college football is back. The NFL is happening this week as well. If you are a football fan, which most of you listening are, tons of opportunities. I believe they also have baseball as well um, as baseball is heating up down uh, as we get closer to the playoffs. But they're giving 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsay, one thing that I want to just kind of uh, get out in front of and say. So, for the vast majority of the offseason, right, we talked about, okay, what is needed and what should we expect and what is, you know, a week one against a, a cupcake like Akron what does success look like? If you are a fan mm-hmm. of Auburn, what should you want to see Auburn do on the field? And we all kind of mutually agreed it was several different things. You wanted you wanted to be able to just tell a difference as far as this year's team and last year's team. You wanted to see, hey, could Bo Nix take that step forward? You know, is Tank Bigsby still going to be dominant? Uh, could the offensive line look somewhat competent? And they looked very, very good. No pressure on your quarterback really kind of speaks for itself. And like, you know, could, could our receivers going to catch passes consistently? These were all things that we listed off. And all of a sudden, Auburn's doing that. And halfway through the second quarter, when Auburn is putting up points at will, you started seeing people on social media and in message boards and all over the place say, well, it's Akron. It's Akron. And the goalposts moved. Like, Akron, we, we knew that Akron was bad. They were very, very bad going into it. And during the game, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a really bad football program and a football team. But, yeah, the, the goalposts shifted. And I have a problem with that. And I know it's just going to happen, and other teams are going to say it. And I'm not really concerned about the other teams. It's just weird to me that a bunch of Auburn folks have come out and said, well, it's Akron. It's Akron. It's like, stop it. We knew what we needed to do going into this game and to me, even though it was Akron, they blew my expectations out of the water. Yeah, I mean, nobody, with the exception of Akron's radio guy, thought that Akron was going to win this game. I mean, we all knew Auburn was going to win. Just the question was, how would we look doing it? Yeah. And it's because we're so used to, over the last six years, playing down to our competition in these, in these paycheck games. 
And yeah, we looked great. And everybody decided, oh, well, Auburn's not allowed to have nice things. We can't give Auburn fans a little bit of hope. And so we have to, we have to, we have to talk, you know, to talk down what they're doing because of the level of competition. And like you said, not what we talked about. I had a Bama fan in my mention. Shout out to Michael um, for being like, hey, you're not playing anybody. Wait till SEC play. And I'm like, man, the tweet you replied to, I talked about they looked fast out there. Like, do you run faster if it's a conference matchup? I don't understand. Right. So, so it's, it's, I think part of it is just the negativity some people have towards the Auburn program, unfortunately. I think some of it, too, and I find myself guilty of it a little bit, I think some of it may just be people trying to talk themselves out of, oh, Auburn's back. We are we are a national championship contender. And they're just worried about getting their hopes up about how good this team looked and getting their hearts hurt again. And so they're saying, okay, okay, okay. I need to calm myself down sure. because it's only Akron. Yeah. This is not like we did this against Mississippi State or Arkansas or Florida or somebody. Mm. This is a cupcake. Yeah, Mississippi State may be a cupcake as well. We'll see. But as far as um as far as like the litmus test, you know, a lot of people saying, well, you know, this isn't what matters. It's like, yeah. But once again, we knew that going into it. We all agreed this is what Auburn needed to do going into the matchup. And they did it. They did it with flying colors. The other thing I want to touch on. Mm-hmm. is, okay, Bo Nix comes out, and they put T.J. Finley in, and a lot of people really discrediting T.J. Finley quickly, saying, okay, this never was a quarterback battle. You know, T.J. Finley looked lost out there, and I, I, I don't think that's fair to T.J. Finley. And the reason I say that is because the game was over. And it's just a different mindset. Bo Nix had access to the opening script as far as play calls go. He had access to the full playbook as far as, you know, I mean, Mike Bobo was calling a game to score points. It's just a different mentality at that stage of the game. He had his starters around him. Finley did not. So let's don't act like Finley's just some incompetent quarterback because I saw that a lot on media, social media and message boards as well. So that's something else I wanted to kind of get out in front of and extinguish and share my thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, he entered a game that was, at the time, what, 45 points, 40-point lead. Uh, that's not a situation where everybody is locked in and focused. Um, not everybody's having fun out there at that moment because of the score. Right. And, and you know, he's not had the same kind of preparation for what he's about to do in the game that Bo Nix had. You yeah. know, like you mentioned, there's the opening script. But there's also, you know, the coaches know, all right, here are the matchups we're working on. You know, here are – we want to get these guys isolated against these guys in coverage and things like that. And when you have mass substitutions in the second half, you know, and a game with the lead out of control, you don't have the advantage of all of those things. Right. So he threw five passes. Let's not overreact to going two for five. Because he threw five passes, he got 18 snaps in a blowout win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did it? Was it visually just as confidence inspiring as, say, Jarquez Hunter's performance was? Not necessarily, but quarterback is more than just an individual performance. Yeah, and so it's it's conducive to a running back to come in and look good against backups because that's the nature of the of the position. It's you know, but quarterback you definitely need that whole team locked in to look good right let's talk about some of the guys that that we thought looked good you mentioned Jarquez Hunter we'll start with him obviously the third running back on this team behind Tank and Worm but um pro football focus you know the the analytics site according to analytics he was Auburn's best player on Saturday night Jarquez Hunter he played in 16 snaps 
and uh, apparently played really, really well across those 16 plays. Yeah, I do want to take everybody who, on the TJ Finley note, who is saying, okay, Jarquez Hunter's definitely our number two back over Sean Shivers. Cut it out. Stop. Stop it. Sean Shivers is the number two back. Jarquez Hunter is a freshman in the SEC. He was in. He was playing high school football this time last year. Okay, sure, right. calm down. Sean Shivers is the number two back, and he is he is probably the best number two back in the nation. Jarquez Hunter is a great third guy. He's going to definitely be a much bigger part of this offense going forward. But he looked. He did look amazing. I mean, I understand why people are so excited. He he had power. He had speed. Uh, I think he killed somebody. I think he killed number forty four for Akron. The man's soul left his body like twice. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was he. He's got it. I mean, we've right. seen it from some some Auburn backs in the past. We saw it from Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson had it. Um, Tank Bigsby has it. Jarquez Hunter, I think, may have it. Yeah, his first carry. I think it was his first carry. He just had the patience and like slowly worked outside. I was following his blockers. Elijah Canyon had a great block for him. Shanker had a, a great block for him, and then there was another receiver blocking on the edge out there. I don't remember who it was, but. It's like he was just so patient, slowly, slowly working to the outside. So that was great. That was really, really fun to watch. Um, Other guys that I think really won. Oh, Shedrick Jackson. He looked like he was the best wide receiver on the field, and he very well may have been. Um, There was all this talk about Demetrius Robertson and Javarius Johnson, and Javarius Johnson looked very, very impressive as well. But, man, Shedrick Jackson, I mean, Bo went to him early and often, and then... Bo threw to him off play action when he was on like his own five yard line or something like that when Bo was standing there and uh, underthrew him a little bit. He adjusted and kind of, you know, won, uh, won the battle with the defensive back, you know, 40 yards downfield, however far it was. And it's like, man, who is this guy? We've just never seen this version of Shedrick Jackson, but he was really, really impressive to me. Shedrick Jackson runs some very clean routes. Yeah. I had a chance to get back and watch a little bit of the game today. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but watch a bit of it and in, in replay. And I was looking for some of those little things that stood out. And Shedrick Jackson, he, I mean, coming in out of his breaks for a guy who was known for his blocking and his more of his tenacity than his physical tools, he has the route running to be a great wide receiver. And as we saw, he threw everything with. I mean, he caught everything within his catch radius yesterday. I mean, the man just goes out there and makes catches. And so, were we expecting him to be the number one receiver? We were not. Does it look like he has the tools to to be that guy? Yes, it does. Uh, let's see how obviously these next two weeks develop. But right. he looked he he looked fantastic. And then again, John Samuel Schenker uh, had a great game. Caught. I think I think he surpassed his career high in catches in like one game. Um, and then I, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out Jacob Quattlebaum. Um, whenever you change long snappers, you're always a little bit concerned about it. People usually don't pay attention to them. Uh, but he had a great game as well. A lot of, uh, a lot of power rotation on his snaps <laughs> to the point where the holder was a little surprised at one point in time about how quickly that snap came in. So, Well, I, uh, I am not a kicking game expert by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, – I mean, they missed the first PAT. I, I kind of wonder if something happened there. I don't. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah, it it looked like the hold was a bit off. So if you go back and watch, he was expecting the ball lower than it was, and I it, it was still a good ball, but he was expecting it somewhere different. And so when he got it down, he got it down late, and he got it down angled a bit. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and watch the next times, and it was just one of those. He was surprised by how quickly the ball got there. 
I mean, that's Quattle the thing. Quad bomb that, just pumping that thing back, baby. Let's go. Quad bomb. Quad bomb's got the power, and and I just don't quite think he was ready for it. Uh, but obviously, you saw they adjusted, they fixed it, and from that point on, the rhythm was good, the consistency was good, uh, both kicks and punts. Yeah, he quaddle bombed it back there. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar. Ever. It comes in nine delicious flavors. Those are kind of their original classic flavors. They rotate other things going, but cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, ton of delicious flavors. Check them out. They're all high in protein, low in calories, uh, very low in sugar. So be sure to check that out. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. You can uh, head over as they are the number one spot for all pro and college football action all season long. Go sign up today, and if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 100% welcome bonus on that deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Lindsay, let's talk a little defense. We haven't really talked a whole lot on the defensive side of the football in our 20 minutes together so far. So, one of the um, one of the first guys I wanted to talk about is Akevius Walker, wearing that number three. Looks incredibly lean. We talked about him after the open practice. Pro Football Focus analytics say that he was the best player on the defense uh, Saturday night. Once again, it's it's based on you know how you do on the snaps that you're on the field. So. Was he the best player on the defense? I don't know about that, but he was very, very good. He was very, very impressive. So, Zakevius Walker was the guy that stood out to me. Obviously, um, Kobe Wooden was uh, was a problem. I mean, he was all over the place. Uh, got that mid-drift going. And then, uh, TD Moultrie may have been the player of the game on defense. I thought he was incredible. The TD Moultrie thing for me was the one that I was most excited to see. I mean, the man's been here for four or five years now, and... We asked him to, to gain weight, join the defensive line. He lost some of that weight, and he right back to being explosive, to being quick off the edge. He's got some good moves. Yeah, uh, I was, I honestly, and I, I, I hate to admit it, don't come sack me, T.D. Moultrie. Uh, I didn't know what to expect from him, and I actually think I may have mentioned to somebody he may not even be starting by the time we get to Penn State. He's def, I, if he plays like he Ooh. played Saturday, yeah, he's going to be a problem all season. Um, he was in the backfield quite a bit. Uh, didn't grade out great when it came to tackling because he missed a tackle, but just constant pressure, disruptions, messing up timing, put a de- put an offensive lineman on his butt a few times. He's got a couple slabs in there, which is usually an offensive lineman thing to get a slab. He uh-huh. got a couple slabs in there. Right. Uh, definitely, definitely a problem. Yeah, those three guys, and then like – Guys like uh, Derek Hall was very impressive off the edge. He's going to be a problem. I, I, he, he has a chance to lead the SEC in sacks, I think, when it's all said and done. But you compare the, all, all of those guys, and like Owen Papo really stood out to me with what I'm about to say. And even Romello Height. Romello Height's been a guy that I've been high on ever since he, he committed on signing day. But the mindset, once again, we talked about the mindset with the offense. The mindset with the defense. I mean, just relentless pursuit and almost like there is a desperation to get to the football and you can't teach that. That just has to be something that you develop as a team and you feel that it is your mission to take it upon yourself as a group where it trickles down into the individual to say, I will do whatever I possibly can and I will fight and claw as hard as I possibly can to get to the football. And We've seen that in the past 
uh, recently with Auburn defenses. I don't think we saw it last year, and a lot of these guys are similar. And like we haven't even mentioned Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris was a freak. He was an absolute stud. And with his size, he was a much better pass rusher than I was expecting him to be. And so you just look at all of these guys and the way that they are fighting so desperately to get to the football. Whoever has the football, whether it's a quarterback still holding it, for passing it, or, or you know, a, a guy that receives a handoff. I mean, they want to get there so bad. And that's valuable. That's going to be a very, very valuable trait for this defense to have over the course of the season. Having that effort is not something that you can just turn on on game time. It's not something that that guys can just decide, oh, I'm going to have that effort today. Uh, it's definitely, like you said, a mindset. It's a culture that's been instilled by Derek Mason, been instilled by Brian Harson to see ball, get ball, just go, get the ball. Um, and the, what I love is that Auburn's not doing it without anything gimmicky. There's no turnover chain. There's no championship belt. It's just... Y'all are men. This yeah. is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go out and get the ball. Go do it. And right. they're doing it. Um, yeah, it's just looking at the number of pressures and the number of 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 problems that the defensive line gave Akron on Saturday. Uh, we have a. It looks like we have a deep rotation of guys who can who 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 have that motor, who have that drive to go out and get the ball. Uh, it's it's really impressive. I'd be a little bit concerned if I was an SEC quarterback right now. I'd be a little bit nervous about that. Um, because not all of that was because Akron's bad. I mean, that effort was there. Didn't matter who you know who you're going to play. Yeah. That effort's going to be there, right? And that's what we talked about going into the game, right? I mean, obviously, Akron's offensive line is not going to be. It's probably going to be the worst offensive line, except maybe with who they play this Saturday at Alabama State. Maybe, maybe that's going to be um, a worse offensive line. But outside of that, I mean, those are going to be the worst two that they play all season. So. That's not really, we, once again, like the goalpost move as people talk about this when they're like, oh, well, you know, they did this against so-and-so. It's like, we knew that. Like, who they were playing and the quality of Akron did not change. It's what do they look like doing it? And just you wanted there to be complete dominance and, like you said, effort and just, you know, that, that relentless pursuit. And so I, I think that's kind of what you wanted. As far as defensive backs go, Roger McCreary was incredible. Uh, Nehemiah Pritchett was not as elite as I thought he would be. It's early. There's a lot of different factors that go into that. Smoke Monday, I didn't really notice, if I'm being honest with you, which is probably a good thing. I was just so fascinated with the front seven. And then, um, uh, by Darius Knight did not grade out well. And to me, he didn't really pass the eye test. I think it will get better. I think he's just getting his feet wet and, you know, with his new team. I, I do not think it's a concern by any stretch of the imagination, but... Those were some of my thoughts as far as the individuals on the defensive backfield. Yeah, uh, I didn't notice Smoke Monday a lot, which, like you said, is not necessarily a bad thing. You would think your upperclassman safety would be a little more visible against a lower-quality opponent like Akron, but uh, not anything to be concerned of yet. There was so much going on with the front seven and especially the front four that it's it's, it's easy for a defensive back to get lost. I yeah. mean, there's only... Nobody looks at you when you have lockdown coverage on a wide receiver, you know, over the top because the quarterback got sacked in three seconds. Um, yeah. You already singled out by Darius Knight, and I do want to kind of lump Ro Torrance in there a bit. Uh, if I sure. can get Ro Torrance to stop leaving his feet every other play, that'd be great. Um, he had, I believe, two, I'm going to call them near interceptions. And by near interceptions, I mean he thought he was going to intercept it, and he did not. There was uh, one. I mean, if he was a half an inch taller, he would have gotten it. 
the second one on the sideline, that was it was very close. I yeah. if, if he had worked on his vertical a little bit in this offseason, that was his. But it was one right. of those things where it's a risk that you can take. And the thing I'm concerned about is, is he's getting in the practice of taking the risk. And if it's not working out against Akron, what's going to happen when you take that risk against a better quality team like a Georgia, like an Alabama? You know, the Akron got that 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 pass down the sideline. Uh, the Akron receiver caught it. And, you know, just kind of stepped out of bounds. Well, that's great. But you go up against Alabama, that guy's going to catch it, toe tap, and then probably turn and run up field for 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So right. you got bailed out by the quality of your opponent. Um, let's be a little more fundamentally sound as far as staying in the position to make the next play if you don't make the play you're trying to make. Um, right. By Darius Knight, and I think that's something that'll get cleaned up. Uh, some film study, just a little bit of that. This is the first time he's had game action at at this level mm-hmm. of competition. I think that's part of it too. The the speed is a little bit surprising to you. Um, and then Roger McCreary, you didn't hear anything from him, and that's because he just did his job. You'll uh, never I'd hear love somebody from Roger to go back McCreary. and look at it. You'll never hear anything from him. That dude yeah. is just so technically sound. And like, I love cornerback play. Cornerbacks yeah. are my favorite. It's my favorite position to watch. And that guy, it blows my mind. Like, I don't know what I'm missing when he's, like, not in mock drafts yet. He, that guy is everything you want in a corner. He can play on the line. He can play off ball. When when guys get, you know, get passed up in the flat, he can go up and make the tackle consistently. I mean, he does everything you want him to do. He is, I mean, he is, he is a solid, solid football player. And so, you don't hear a whole lot about corners like that because they just go up, do their job, don't allow any catches, and they make the routine tackles for five or six yards. You know, that that's just kind of who they are. And so I am totally fine not hearing anything about Roger McCreary. I don't expect to because he's so good. Do you expect uh, Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett to still be a lot more prominent just for a fan watching because folks are staying away yeah. from Roger McCreary? I do. I do, and Jalen Simpson. I think it was in, I think it was in Justin Ferguson's article, his newsletter at the Observer, pointing out that Simpson left the game with an apparent injury at some point. He walked off on his own power, but like I think that's the last we saw of him. I don't think it's a cause for concern, but I do think it's something worth worth mentioning. I think it was Jay Ferg that pointed that out in the Observer. So there's it that. Was. But, but uh, yeah, I mean. I think there's going to be guys where their game plan is like, okay, let's play 10 on 10 and just kind of leave the guy on an island against McCreary because they're not going to win. Yeah, you know, and that's something where we've, we've talked so much about the depth we have at defensive back and where obviously that's going to come into play um, is if Simpson, you know, I'll remind you, he was nicked up last open practice as well. So this is something, if this is a, re- a recurring thing, he's not quite over yet. We do have the depth to let him sit and yeah. and get healthy if we need to. Um, like I say, every every time we talk about defensive backs, the depth will always work itself out. And if it if it ends up, you know, if we need to give him some extra time to get healthy before we get into the SEC schedule, we have the personnel to do that. You're right. You're right. Lindsay, where can people find you and hear you, my friend? I am at Armored Banker on socials and in the Discord, and you can listen to me 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, on News Talk WANI. I'm on Twitter at Z Black. We show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please click that subscribe button. It would mean a ton. We're almost at that thousand mark, which after like three weeks, that's pretty cool. That is a pretty cool thing. So we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. 
you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.